this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hurry, hurry, hurry to Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. Following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Once again, the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse brings you classic theatre adapted and performed by some of the very best audio players from around the world. So without further ado, here's your host for this week's show. And we're back here in Sonic Summerstock Theatre. You know, it's a perfect temperature here in the theatre all the time. You never hear the air conditioning, and yet it's not too hot, it's not too cold. I love the seats. Mm. I'm here with David Alt again. How are you, David? Oh, very well. Very well indeed. I'm really getting into this uh, this Sonic Summerstock hosting. It's a... As I say, I'm usually just announcing it. I, I, coming back here every week is brilliant. Well, it's been a lot of fun. And, and speaking of announcing, how's it been for you this last year co-hosting with me in the Sonic Society? Well, it's been wonderful, apart from you know the times where I've been uh, dropped from midair, hit by a train, had you land on me several times. Uh, the the occasional times where I've been able to have a barbecue in a garage I haven't quite made up for it, but well, no, they have. Um, and I suppose being able to sit here for for these uh, for this summer season, well, if you'll keep me on for season nine, I'd very much appreciate it. Oh, I, I think we're I think we're pretty much bound together. I from the from the season finale of last season, season eight, we had a bit of a, a oh yes, word I'm looking a cliffhanger. We were we were cliffhanged as they used to as they say. Yes. Um, but it was a very different <laughs> season. I mean, it's it's been. It's been different for the last couple of it years, has. for sure. Yes. But I've really enjoyed having you there. And I think the concept of going from Podioverse and, and, you know, audio universe to audio universe has been fun. It's been brilliant. It's it, And um, I, I, I've said to you before, but I'll, I'll say it again. I, I loved... Uh, I, I've loved being in Season 8. And I, I also loved Season 7 for what you did with that um, throughout the... that that arc um, well thank you I, I didn't know where I was going with season 7 and I just sort of went with it and and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't but it was it was f- certainly therapeutic if nothing else <laughs> and a lot of fun and I'm, I'm just so grateful I just I just counted up all the different audio drama companies that have given us or lent us or shared with us their shows. Mm. There's been over 131 different groups, wow. individuals, and companies in the last, well, eight years because we I haven't even counted this year yet coming up. That's a, that's astounding. That is amazing. That oh, there's over a hundred now, and and you know half of them may be defunct now, mm-hmm. but there's always new ones coming on. So the idea that somehow people think that, you know, radio drama and audio drama is dead is just, is, it's startling to me because there is no way that you can have <laughs> over 130, and this is just the groups. This isn't the number of episodes that they've produced, you know? Mm. 
So some of them have only produced, you know, a couple of shows, but some of them have produced dozens and dozens, you know, like Penned and Audio and Broken Sea and Darker yes. Projects. Mm -hmm. And, uh, hey, even Electric Vicuna has done pretty well throughout the years. Mm -hmm. So Yes, yeah, so, well, uh, you if you look at the Leviathan Chronicles as well, because uh, uh, they, they gave us some... Um, one of their specials, their, their special episodes. Oh, that was fantastic. Uh, in fact, I think it was a couple of special episodes from, from Leviathan. And I, I remember listening to their soapboxes got me into, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, the zombie thriller set in L.A. Oh, right, right, right. Um, We're Alive. Yes. Uh, so listening to their soapboxes got me into We're Alive. Uh, and there, they were pumping out uh, half hour long, hour long episodes every week. <sighs> Amazing. Oh, and that was over the course of three series. And it's incredible. Yes. How the output and the creativity. Yeah. I remember, I don't mm. know if you've heard Wormwood, but they did the same thing for their whole first season. Now, they had a big hiatus until the next season, but they just mm -hmm. show after show after show. It was great. And then we had Oral Audio, and uh, we've had Final Rune Productions. And again, we could go on and on and on of all the great, mm. great productions that have been brought out. Uh, Gypsy Audio is still doing a ton of stuff. As, and, uh, and, and like I said, new people coming in all the time and you've been working have you been working fairly steadily yes it's it's the there's um a british based although now miles has moved over to the states it's sort of half british half american now <laughs> uh cooperantum audio right which will be kicking off at uh, i think at halloween with the tick and tocker and uh, oh, we are well basically we're, we're running like a cooperative and we're making sure that we have enough uh, post producers for uh, the shows that we want to do um, I, I know that there are there are some audio drama groups that have uh, plentiful actors or plentiful writers, but uh, not enough post producers and uh, and all of this. And so things do go on indefinite hiatus, and that's what we're trying to avoid. And making sure that we uh, produce very high quality audio, but we know great, uh, and we have a schedule for for when we're going to be uh, putting things out. So, so who's involved? And again, what's the name of the new cooperative? Okay, so it's Cooperantum Audio. Oh, right. And uh, the team behind it, if you like, is uh, CJ Britton, okay, M. Sierra Garcia, myself, and Fiona Thrail. Oh, those great. I I know every one of those people. In fact, CJ Britton just agreed to do a uh, reading of one of my children's short stories um, that I wrote, and I've forgotten that I had written. Uh, <laughs> I wrote it back in 2007. My grandmother, God rest her soul, um, was from Scotland, mm -hmm. and um, she used to say, when, when I was a kid, I'd say, you know, read me a story, Grandma, and she would go, I'd tell you a story of Jock McGlory if you nay say anything in the middle of it. <laughs> and, then, and then as a kid, you'd go, okay, and she goes, oh, you said something, and then you couldn't say. And then she would never, or she would just wait for like two or three minutes. <laughs> That's a very sneaky a way sound, of not telling a story. <laughs> you couldn't. Say. It is. It is. So I, I, I wanted to know the story of Jock McGlory. So I wrote a story of Jock McGlory in full meter and rhyme, in and wrote it as archaically in in sort of the archaic Scottish as I could because I grew up reading the Bruins. 
which was a great little comic strip uh, or a series of comic stories about this Scottish family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, they, they spelled the Bruins. Uh, they were the Browns, of course. Yes. And the Bruins were spelled B-R-O-O-N-S, yes. right? <laughs> so it was all, all this great sort of Scottish uh, writing or, or, or words in, in actual sort of. So I wrote that as best I could. And I said, Chris, would you be interested in, in doing this? And he, and he jumped on it. So uh, I'm going to tr- I'm actually finding an illustrator right now because I wouldn't mind publishing it and a couple of other of my children's stories too because I think it would be kind of fun. So I'm going to put it, I'm going to try and publish it in a really small book and call it a wee book. Oh. Um, <laughs> and uh, it'll be it'll be fun. So uh, th- that's that's one thing I can say about Chris. And Fiona and I have talked forever on Facebook and mm-hmm. um, and uh, she's, a, she's a delightful lady and a, oh, and a she really is wonderful, fine... Wonderful woman. She's uh, oh, I I adore her to death, and uh, I've never met her, but I just I she just is a very much a, a somebody that that uh, I I resonate with an awful lot, and mm-hmm. she's got a great voice as, for narration oh, and a super writer, yes, super writer, and so I'm really looking forward to what you guys come out with. That's great, yes. And you're also doing work with Colonial Radio too. Well, yes, in the upcoming release of War of the Worlds. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. Oh, it's 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 been. I, I love Colonial Radio Theatre. I've got their... I, I do their announcers or their um, their credits uh, on quite a lot of their shows. And, and having done Moonfleet and Treasure Island and Return to Treasure Island, yeah, I, I've managed to land uh, this gig of, of being Richard Pearson. Uh, so I got to say, no one would have believed in the last years of the 19th century that human affairs were being watched, dot, 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 dot. So. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> That's fantastic. No, I'm, uh, I'm lucky that uh, I'm also sort of being drafted in the writing position of, of Colonial Radio again to uh, do an adaptation of a graphic novel. Uh, I, I haven't seen it yet. It's being sent to me. It's not even electronic, the graphic novel, so I'm looking forward to reading it and adapting it in the fall, and uh, I can't say too much more about it other than it's a zombie story, Ooh. so it'll be kind of fun to do that again. I'm just... I adore a colonial radio theater as well and jerry robbins every time jerry and i get a chance to sit down and chat through skype and or i give him a call i just walk away feeling a thousand times more excited about radio drama <laughs> than i have before and i'm just ready to just go at the world and and produce and write some more he's just such he's such an extraordinary gift as far as i'm concerned to my life as well as the audio drama world we're so lucky to yes. have uh, Jerry Robbins, uh, you know, and and what they do in Colonial Radio is just, mm-hmm. it, it, I it's, it's, it makes me smile every time I listen to the show. It really does. Mm-hmm. So. It, it was my absolute pleasure to to finally meet Jerry when I when I traveled across North America uh, three years ago now, um, and uh, it, it was it, it's always very different uh, recording audio live. Yeah, right. I, I did it with you um, when we recorded the various things that that we did when I was over with uh, with you. Um, That's right. And, and the award-winning Soul Survivor was recorded. Absolutely, by yes. So that was that, good. That, yeah. was a, that was a brilliant piece. Oh, um, well, you guys did great. <laughs> thank you. Um, but uh, uh, stop throwing me compliments. You throw me off track. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at, at, at Colonial Radio, the live recording you did with Jerry, what was that like? The, at Colonial Radio, of course, um, it was with... Uh, there were three mics and, and uh, quite a few actors. We were doing uh, Mike Murphy's 
uh, one of one of his scripts. Right. right. And um, oh, that's right. I was being a dragon, <laughs> uh, a Celtic dragon. So that accounted for the accent. Um, oh, very <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, and, and taking it in turns to stand at the mic, but still doing it and, and, and having a director right there um, who is listening to everything. And, and for, to come from just looking at your lines and just recording your lines to listening through the entire show. Right. It, it's it's a huge change because I, I, I don't know about anyone else, but but when I when I look at a script, I do just record my lines and I don't really look at, at any of the other scenes, oh. um, partly because I, I want to get the job done. Sure. And, and partly because I want to keep the suspense for when I actually hear it. <laughs> That's right. I, I don't want to spoil the surprise. Uh, and um, so I, I love hearing what other people do with it rather than sort of hearing it in my own head and then saying, oh, that's not how I imagined it. Right. <laughs> when it comes out. So, yeah, it, uh, to, to hear the whole thing done before you, it, it, it becomes a lot more like live theatre. Yes. Rather than a recorded drama. And it really has a, a different energy altogether. And I, it's one of the reasons why I adore doing it um, in, in my place and having the actors come here. Is it does have that real feeling of live drama. I'm, I'm going to be doing an original work for Halloween again this year. And Ooh. it's going to be an Alfred Hitchcock Presents style sort of uh, thriller. And uh, it takes place in... Um, in a house with a, a, about five different twenty-something people, and a lot of the the setup happens around a table, uh, a dinner table, and I'm actually going to roll my dinner table into the studio, invite my actors there for dinner, <laughs> and have them eat dinner and record. So I'll get all the sound effects done live there. Oh, fantastic! And we're just going to enjoy the the, the actual rolls just straight that way. It'll be fun. <laughs> It'll be a lot of fun. So that's going to be recorded uh, later on in September. And strangely enough, you know, I'm walking down your streets. Uh, I am producing, and it'll be on, if you're in Halifax, August 29th, August 30th, and September 5th, my very first stage play, written, directed by me, and uh, I have actors on it, and I'm doing most of the stage construction and everything. So mm. I, am, I am the jack of all trades in this particular production. It's very strange world for me to be walking in. Very scary. It, it is, it's a very different place to be. And uh, I, I've certainly found that... I, I find it easier to transition from stage to audio right. than the other way around. Uh, and, and for... It, it's also strange that because I know audio so well, I find film quite difficult. Oh, okay. Because I'm used to to not having visuals, right? And 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 you must be uh, uh, as, as well. Um, but even stage to film, the, the transition doesn't sit well with me because when you're on stage, uh, you know that you've got your two hours to to do the story, and you've got to go through your emotional right. journey through those two hours whereas on films you know, everyone's setting up the right the lighting and and making sure that continuity's there and then you come in you do uh, a couple of sentences maybe a short scene and and that's that and you go back to the trailer or or right as is more usual wait outside um and try and sort of <laughs> keep yourself busy um and then they set it all up again and then they set it all up for the next shot and and the ne and, and it's it's quite difficult to to maintain the 
maintain the absolutely. feeling. Absolutely, the emotional continuity of from in the mm. scene. You're right. I absolutely, and I'm, I'm glad in stage that you have that sort of continuousness. Yes. Well, you're right about the visuals. I mean, I wrote down very specifically the visuals of how the stage in this show of mine. It's called Daybreak, and it's it's a psychological thriller. It's, it's a very a very different story. I don't know if I told you about it off. I, I, I've read it. Yeah. Oh, you've read it? Oh, yeah. Yes, what did... you, you sent me through the script. Oh, that's right. I did send it. What did you think? Uh, I, I I did not expect Act 2. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I think it's it's quite clear to say, um, especially after after Act 1. But it was... Uh, I like the way that the the two characters do have that power play. Yes. And and you see the, the, the change, certainly in your female character, from... Act two to act one. Absolutely. Is is very interesting. And, yeah. And I'm I'm I might have to tell you the kicker at the end. I don't know if you got the kicker at the end. It's gonna be, it's one of those things that it doesn't translate as well through the writing as hopefully it will in the acting and when people think about it. It's gonna be a thinker and a, you know it's it's it, the idea is um uh that the acts are done in reverse chronological mm-hmm. order. So um the one act is the morning after and the second act is the night before. So when you think it's about one thing, mm-hmm. it's really about something else. Yes, absolutely. So you have to kind of come with your thinking cap yes. on when you come and watch In this. In fact, once once I read Act 2, I went back and read Act 1 again to ah. to see how it how it sort of linked back. Okay. And yes, very interesting. And I'm going to have to... Oh, good. I, I would love to watch it, but obviously I'm not going to be over there in in <laughs> September but but yeah I, if, if you bad. are going to have it recorded I would like to see the um I would like to see that and the thing is is that I thought about doing it as an audio drama um having them come in and I'd have to modify the script fairly mm-hmm. heavily yes and I'm not sure how I could do it because it does take a lot of visuals the actual stage itself is reversed so part of what's happening in the foreground in the first act is actually in the background in the second and reverse so mm-hmm. It's it's complex. It'll be very interesting, and I'm looking forward to... Uh, I, the idea I had for it was a long time ago, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited that I finally got it going. The actors are really thrilled to play the parts. They're very excited about how it's going to turn mm-hmm. out, and, and, and so am I. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how this works. It's certainly taking chances, which is what the Fringe Festival's all about. Absolutely, and that's what, that, that's what Fringe is all about. I've done... Uh, I, I've done a, a, a little bit of fringe. Uh, I was in the Camden Fringe back in uh, '08, uh, and that was um, a, a wonderful piece uh, called "The Extraordinary Mugging of Mr. Winterbottom," <laughs> uh, which had me as a middle-class mugger, <laughs> basically in, intimidating this uh, weak. My character called him a sheep all the time. Uh, the, but this, this, <laughs> the salary man uh, into actually standing up and doing something, but in a in a very strange and uh, <laughs> fun way. For sure, it was a, it was a brilliant, brilliant piece to play, and we took that down to Brighton for the Brighton Fringe as well. How how long and, ago was uh, that? Uh, as I say, it was about five years ago. Five years ago. Oh wow! It, it's amazing. So it's time for you to get to back and do another fringe, is what you're saying. So I've been in the Birmingham uh, Fest recently, uh, and that was just a, a, a few weeks ago. Uh, about it, it's a, a piece called Park Life, and it's it's about five strangers uh, with their lunch hour in the centre of Birmingham. Uh, it it wasn't an, your ordinary 
piece of theatre because these were essentially five monologues for the five different people that were just intercut. So you would have a sentence from one person and then maybe a few words from another and then back to a paragraph from someone else and, and it sort of dotted over the stage. But each character was in their own little world apart from the guy in the middle who was the, the homeless guy, the big issue seller, who, <coughs> who acted in a way like chorus Oh, neat. For, for everyone, bringing, bringing the whole thing together. Ah. But yes, all the other four characters, very much in their own little worlds. Right. And as an experimental piece of theatre, which was devised through July, it was, um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And uh, sorry, it wasn't. It wasn't just devised through July. It started off at the end of May and uh, and June, and that was the devising process. And then we got oh. the scripts at the beginning of July. So it was. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, very, very interesting. It's, it's nice being a part of something from the very yes. beginning. Too, yes, isn't it, it is. And and you get to see how the the characters. Because what we what we we were given the ideas of, or, or the the premise came from. Okay, who would be in the centre of Birmingham in this little park around the cathedral uh, at lunch hour? And so the director, writer, Mm. gave us lists of um, the various companies, the various places where people would work within a mile's radius of the park. Oh, neat. Uh, and that included you know, the usual uh, banks, insurance, all of that kind of stuff, legal, but all the way through to the cathedral itself, the police, the council, uh, and the, those people that uh, you wouldn't necessarily expect, your street right. cleaners, also a council employee. Um, and and uh, uh, we got to choose what kind of... Um, what kind of character we had and i chose my character because i had actually a strong negative reaction to um to one of the groups i i I thought banking there is no way you're gonna you're ever gonna get me in a bank working (laughs) Uh, and so i thought well that's good because that's given me that's given me an emotional tie to the character right and so yeah my my character ended up being someone who was working in a bank but was working to try and bring it down rather than <laughs> rather than working for it that's right oh that's cool i i love i love the idea of um creating a, a drama based upon a setting mm. you know yes, site specific theater i starting, love site specific theater exactly St- starting with that and saying okay what kind of people would you know frequent this setting or grow up here or you know mm. that's a very cool way of doing that so it's you call it it's called site specific theater for for us, yes, it is called site specific theatre. It's it, it's uh, something that is tied to, as you say, a setting. And uh, it was actually one of the modules in my drama school course, uh, where um, a group of us, um, I found this wonderful little community garden in Islington, and um, we we did a a piece based around that about around this garden. And what we did was uh, we had a narrator who walked the the audience around the garden and she was a mother an expectant mother mm. and she took you round the so there was the gardener there was uh, the politician who was arguing against community stuff 
-hmm. uh, and then would come round to the kids that were then produced by this mother, and then round you come again, and it's 20 years on. Oh, and neat. so you've got this same expectant mother, the same person working for the community, working against the community, right. round to the children, and, and where the, in the first go-round you've got the children uh, playing hide-and-seek and, and everything like that. When you get round 20 years on, they're on video games, yeah. uh, and then 20 years on again, they're on the phones. Right. And not actually talking to each other. And how the community garden, which brought people together to play in, then technology started to alienate them. And, and the community garden was where people gathered, but they weren't actually interacting in a face-to-face -face way, rather than a, if you like, FaceTime-to-FaceTime -face way. Wow. And, and you've got the, the, um, the politician basically saying the same things every 20 years, but insert new government official here right if you like and and it was all and and the i the idea very much was we keep the script pretty much the same each time round right uh to show how yeah things don't change or just the names change right uh and how interaction changes nice with as time goes on and that's you know that's one of the huge benefits of storytelling and 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 is 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 having and and criticism and literary aspects it has this larger scale of being able to um comment on society mm. in such a way that you can't do if you're in business you can't mm -hmm. do if you're an engineer. You can't mm -hmm. do if you're a lawyer in the same way. You know, I mean, I mean, you can comment on previous law, but for the most part, the idea of being able to look at society and say, this is where we are and this is where we're going, that sits mm -hmm. st strictly in the hands of the humanities. Absolutely. Yes. It's, it's, sort of, it's, sort of, it's almost like, you know, they're the guardians of who we are <laughs> As 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 humans, so I mean, yes, that's... It, and, and and it comes back to what we were saying a couple of weeks ago about storytelling and and about how it's that creativity that you need that then feeds into everything else. But you need the imagination, you need the creativity to be able to look at what there is, and then think differently, Absolutely. And think outside that box. That's right. Sort of, what are people's expectations, and where are we going to take it instead? Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, now, certainly a man that's defied all of my expectations. And, and when I first heard his work, I thought, how is this only one man? <laughs> uh, is, is the very amazing John Bell. Who is our tonight's performer free. tonight. Absolutely. And I, he's he's a, a wonderful, wonderful guy, especially when I met him and he left me in Birmingham, Arizona. <laughs> that's right. Or was it Arizona? No, there's a Birmingham... I Georgia. Yeah, I forget where the Birmingham was that he left you. That was that was that was great. It's a really great series, and and uh, I've always adored the oppor opportunity. And I feel a great again a great friendship with John. He's been a mm -hmm. really good friend on and off mic, and uh, really helpful and and so creative, endlessly creative. And when I asked him to do another to to do another performance for us as Sonic Summerstock. He didn't. He didn't really. He just said, "Absolutely, what do you want me to do?" And so I gave him some suggestions, and he came back with his own. And so it's interesting that we talked about sight-produced theater. This mm -hmm. particular short that he's done 
takes place in the Garden of Eden. Ooh. With Adam and Eve. Oh, and there's the curtain. Would Perfect you Adam timing. So let's have a listen to Adam and Eve with Bats, John Bell's from Bells and the Bachelors. I'm Jack Roy. And I'm David Olds. And this is the matter. Well, of course, we find Adam and Eve in the famous Garden of Eden. And this light-hearted travesty about what might have taken place in those days when the world was young was written for us by Arch Obler, one of radio's better-known writers. Under a spreading fig tree rests one Mr. Adam, sprawled out lazily in the hot sun. Eve, obviously, is bored beyond endurance as they play a game of cards with a deck of fig leaves. So listen, tall, tanned, and tired. It's time I told you a thing or two. Ever since creation, I've done nothing but play double solitaire. It's disgusting. It's got me down. Well, we got a nice place here. That's the trouble. It's too nice. Well, I'm not complaining. Uh-huh. But I want something to happen. A little excitement. A little adventure. A girl's got to have a little fun once in a while. There's no future under a fig tree. Aw, oh, come on now, woman. Be like me. Why don't you just relax and take it easy, huh? Because I'm a lady of big ideas. What kind of ideas? You got no idea. Listen, Adam. I've got to get a chance to expand my personality. Oh, yeah. Go on. Expand. Expand. I will. Out there. Out there? You mean outside the gates of the Garden of Eden? Now you're talking. Oh, but, 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 but who knows what's out there? I'd like to find out. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't go. We still got a lease on this place. You mean to tell me a lease is the thing that's holding me back from developing my personality? Well, a lease is a lease. Anyway, we've got a nice place here. Temperature perfect, sun always shining, nothing but a heavy dew once in a while. What are you, the Chamber of Commerce? Ah, go away. Let me sleep, will you? Listen, Adam, I tell you, you gotta get me out of this place. You gotta break the lease. Yeah, but what for? This is Eden. Everything is peaceful and quiet and safe. That's the trouble. It's too safe. I tell you, it's disgusting. What are you talking about? Adam, you don't know a thing about women. You apparently forgot you were originally one of my own ribs. Yeah, a rib once, and now I'm beefing. Me? I know everything about women. That's covering a lot of territory. Listen, long, lazy, and lukewarm. You think I want to stay in this place all my life? I do, and I tell you, you're one of my ribs. Yeah, but one of your floating ribs. A couple of months of peace and security, and a woman's bored all the way down to the bottom of her marriage certificate. Well, then, what do you want? Trouble? Trouble? Listen, if trouble means something that makes you (gasps) catch your breath... If trouble means something that makes your blood run through your veins like seltzer water? Oh, Adam, yeah, man, give me trouble. 
Eve, you don't want trouble. Now tell me the low-down truth. Ain't there any way you can break our lease? Well, yeah, there is, but I won't tell you. No? No, this is paradise. Free light, free heat, free meals. What else could a man want? Answer me that. I got a couple of good ideas if you'll tell me how to break the lease. No, I won't do it. Oh, Adam. What? Come over here. What for? To hold hands? <laughs> that old game? Can't you think of something new? You know, you know nothing about nothing. Oh, yes, I do. I know more than you do, woman. Oh? What, for instance? I know all about the tree. What tree, ma'am? What tree? That apple tree in the middle of the garden. The lease says that if we eat any of its fruit, we get thrown out of here. Oh, now, is that a fact? Sure. That's why there's a fence around it. I tell you, one bite of those apples and we get a dispossess. Hmm, how fascinating. Adam, you can hold my hand now. Nah, I got a better idea. Oh, yeah? I'm listening. <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> well, what are you going to do now? I think I'm going to go fishing. Oh, how disgusting. Now, wait a minute. You can't talk to me that way. Do you realize I'm man number one? Yeah, but are you number one man? Yeah, well, I'll see you around supper time. I'll be back. Oh, so that's the trouble. So it's that tree over there. Hmm. Hello, tree. How would you like to do a little lease breaking for a woman with ideas? Hmm? Hmm. Not enough room to squeeze through those slats for a woman of my personality. Now, if I only knew someone skinny enough. Salutations, Mrs. Eve. Oh, if it isn't Mr. Snake. Hello, long, dark, and slinky. Mrs. Eve, why are you standing by that tree? Stop wiggling and I'll tell you. Listen, I know you don't approve, but I've got a little proposition to make. I certainly refuse to listen. What is it? Do you think, uh, with the proper provocation, you could squeeze through that fence around the tree? That's... The forbidden tree. Oh, don't be technical. Answer me this, my palpitating python. Would you like to have this whole paradise to yourself? Certainly. Okay, then pick me a handful of that fruit. Adam and I'll eat it, and the Garden of Eden is all yours. What do you say? Sounds all right, but it's forbidden fruit. Listen, what are you, my friend in the grass? Or a snake in the grass? But forbidden fruit. Are you a snake or are you a mouse? I... I'll... do it. Now you're talking. Here, right in between those pickets. I'm... I'm stuck. Oh, shake your hips. There, now you're through. I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, but you're doing all right. Now get me a big one. I feel like doing a big apple. Yeah, yeah you are 
Mrs. Eve. Oh, I see. Nice going, swivel hips. Wait a minute. It won't work. Adam will never eat that forbidden apple. Oh, yes, he will. When I'm through with it. Nonsense. He won't. He will if I feed it to him, like women are going to feed men for the rest of time. Oh, how's that? Applesauce. Eve! Where are you, Eve? Waiting, my love. Just waiting. Hey. Well, hello, Eve. What have you been doing? Me? Oh, I've just been making a little history. Huh? The first woman to make a monkey out of a snake. Say, how about supper? And don't tell me we got fig stew again. Oh, no. Something new. So help me something new. Here, have a bite of this. Well, what is it? A new kind of sauce. It's good for you. Uh, you sure? Mm Mm-hmm. Just to prove it's pure, 100% proof, I'll have a demitasse of it myself. No, no, wait. Before you eat, answer me this. Are you going to take me out of this dismal dump and give me a chance to develop my personality? Oh, Eve, are you going to start that all over again? No, no, no. I'm going to end it. Eat your sauce, big boy. And hold on to your hat, if you've got one. Mmm. Oh, say, mmm. This is darn good sauce. Where'd you find it? Oh, my head. What, what what happened to me? Hmm, we've been dispossessed. Y- yeah, but, but why? Forbidden applesauce. Oh, Eve, what have you done? Just made a little more history, that's all. I'm the first woman to have her own way, and a snake will take the rap for it. But Eve, we've lost the Garden of Eden. We're, we're, we're just... Eve... It's... it's as if I see you for the first time. You're beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you fascinate me. Your eyes. Oh, tell me more. Your... your lips. Come closer. I want to hold you closer. I want to... You want to what? Eve! What, what what was that? That was the original kiss. Thank you, Cindy Taylor, for that most illuminating glimpse of the lady who is responsible for so much history. And applesauce. You've been listening to The Chase and Sanburn Hour with Cindy Taylor and John Bell. You know, the wonderful thing about audio drama is is that things always go perfectly. You ready to start? Sure. Officially? All right, let's, let's pause for about five seconds. We have a nice big blank space to tell me where this is. And starting now. Oh, I go. <laughs> and you're recording this, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Out there? You mean outside the gates of the now, garden? Now, 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, if you'd let me finish my line, this would go a lot smoother. And you're wearing, you're wearing some sort of uh, jewelry again. Let me take it off. All right. There. All right. There. All right. I'm going to attempt to get through my line again. <laughs> All right. Yes, All right. Well, here here we go. go. Okay. All right. It's my big line. Okay. Pause for just a second. Do you still have jewelry on? No. Something's tinkling. Oh, wait. Yes, the other earrings. <laughs> you only took one off? Well, I thought that was... Never mind. Yes. Okay. Uh, how about now? Is anything tinkling? If it's anything, it's tinkling. It's my brain. There's something loose. Okay. No room to squeeze through these slats for a woman of my personality. Now, okay, if I... Uh -huh. When you talk about personality, you're talking about your... your yes, yes. Huge okay, tracks my, of land. Yeah, huge yes. of my personality. <laughs> so throw personality. Okay. Hmm... Not enough room to squeeze through those slats. And, 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 give me squeeze. Not enough room to squeeze through these slats. Are room. you going to let me finish talking? Nope. <laughs> now you know how it feels. Go ahead. <laughs> Can I start at the top? Uh, if you'd like. Okay. All right. Um, so that's the... <coughs> yeah, it worked out much better that time. <laughs> me? Oh, I've just been making a little history. Huh? Oh, that's me again. <laughs> <laughs> I have these short lines. Sorry. Just kind of follow along on the script, okay? <laughs> I'll give you my line again. Are you okay. ready? Uh -uh. Okay, here we go. Huh? The first woman to make a monkey out of a snake. Oh, well, thanks so much again, John, for, for the great production and the great... Uh, show that we we just had of Adam and Eve that was so much fun. I'm looking forward to Sonic Summerstock 2014 when you bring us something else that's that'll be so much fun. But we're not done this season yet, David. Absolutely not. And I think our last two productions will be real kickers. Two more weeks of Sonic Summerstock before we begin with a brand new season nine of the Sonic Society and more exciting things to come but show up next week for some suspense but yes so who's doing it oh with john alcidic no no is... you meant to say no suspense <laughs> <laughs> suspense with suspense yes sorry <laughs> <laughs> see you next sorry. week cheers And that's this week's performance for the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, performances, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their copyright holders, and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society podcast and Electric Vicuna Productions. Any shows that continue their run must have explicit permission from all parties involved. Join us next week at the Playhouse for another classic performance. I am your announcer, David Alt. Good night.
Chauncey Haworth, Mark Slade, and Lothar Tuppen. The demented minds behind the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour bring you... Twisted Pulp Magazine. A journey beyond surreality to worlds you never knew or hoped existed. Worlds of the supernatural. Worlds of dark satire. Worlds of nightmarish futures. Twisted Pulp Magazine. If you thought the 21st century was weird enough already, think again. Twisted Pulp Magazine. A step beyond your grandfather's pulp. Available at digitalvaudeville.com. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L-V-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E dot com. (laughs) 